everybody, welcome to This Board Game Life, episode number 42, titled Huracan Theracon. I am one of your fine hosts for this uh, evening, this day. My name is Rob, and with me as always, I got my good buddy, Mark. Hey, Rob, how you doing this evening, as you claim, even though it's like nine in the morning, my time? Well, it's always evening. That's quite the time difference we have between... The West Coast, uh, between the state of Washington and the state of Illinois. Washington, yeah. Washington. I'm pretending that we recorded last night. Uh, so, In that case, let's make it let's hurry it up so I can go back to bed. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, this is a game about board games. Anything else we want to talk about? Right? Just board games. Yeah. Or anything else. We'll go with that, too. Maybe even some <laughs> video games. We'll talk about towels. No, that's that other show. That's that other show. Anyway, yeah. Can't do that, Rob. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So um, let's, let's hit the ground running. What, what have you been uh, playing lately? I, I think your list is uh, about as long as mine. It's very different from the previous episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um. This last two weeks has not really allowed me to play much of anything other than I got in one game of Wingspan. Um, I played this with my youngest son and my mother had her. She actually won. (laughs) Oh, wow. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I was telling her what to do, teaching her how to play. But um, I don't think she cared for it as much. there was it's just too much, I think. Yeah, there's going more on. to it. Yeah. yeah, there's you know, I think it's similar to Dog Park, but she liked she felt like she could focus on one thing, even though, like I said, Dog Park, when you're working on recruiting, you still, you know, you still need to look ahead and like how does it affect the walking part and the home part and you know your victory points. But it's um it was just, you know, she could focus on let's just worry about getting the dogs in the in the kennel recruiting your dogs mm-hmm. and then okay now i need to do this and then i need to do where wingspan it's like okay it's kind of all happening at once everything's always going on so but uh, she liked it but it was she just found it a bit too challenging for her so which makes sense and i kind of expected that but i wanted to try it anyways mm-hmm. so but i like the game i do enjoy it yeah, I think it's something, uh, you know, if, if you keep, you know, introducing her to new games and stuff like that, you can revisit it later on, you know, maybe when she's a little more ready for something like that. Yeah. yeah. But the good thing is, too, it's like it's keeping her, gives her something to do, and yeah. it's something different. And, you know, it's like it's not a bad sake. I'll just, I just sit there and go through it oh well let's like maybe you should do this or that i would do this if i was mm-hmm. you type of thing and yeah. she's like okay so she's learning how it kind of works and yeah you know we're just just having a having a good time just spending time together and doing something different so oh for sure that's kind of the beauty i think of board games mm-hmm. i agree so. so that's all huh <laughs> yeah sorry and i i was supposed to play parks. I said last time that this was going to come off my shelf of shame and, um, it was real close, but I've had, um, my daughter got sick 
actually, well, that's kind of the biggest problem is my daughter got sick two weeks ago. Um, she had strep throat. So we had to quarantine from her. And she's kind of my main board game player. My my youngest son is, he'd rather watch TV or play video games. Um, and so it's like, okay, I won't, I won't, we won't play this yet. We'll wait till she gets her better. Well, then this past weekend, after she went through all her meds and everything, she uh, was still running a fever, started running a fever again. So I had to take her back into the clinic and they're like, oh yeah, she still has strep. Oh, and now she has influenza type B. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So she is basically home all this week, resting on medication. I'm keeping her away from everybody. (laughs) So yeah, really, yeah that really affected our ability to get kind of games played. So, so I'm oh, sure absolutely. she'll be ready to hit the table and show a lie as soon as she actually gets over it. But we've got a, we've got a little ways in front of us before we can do that. And I haven't played at my, um, with my board game group because work has, uh, interrupted that, but I have been able to successfully rearrange that call so that I can get back to my board game groups on Wednesday nights and um, uh, I can play, play that. Oh, I did actually, I did forget. I did get one thing in. Um, I did go out to um, one of my, I go to two, there's two local gaming stores. There's one to the North, one to the South of me. So I went to the one South of me the other day. Um, and I did get in on a, it's like a beginning D and D game. Um, and it's like, I don't ever get to play. I'm always like, like when I've played with my kids, it's like, I've got to run the game. So I got to be the DM. So I was like, I want to play. And it was, they were doing, um, the kind of the starting campaign. It seems like everyone starts with the lost minds of Fandelver. And it's like, okay, I've been through part of this with my kids, but it's like, it's okay. I'm going to go see how someone else DMs because, like, I've never done that. I, I was having to figure it out on my own. So I did go do that. And uh, I got to, so I did get to play some DD. I don't know if that counts as a board game because <laughs> it's not really a board yeah. game, but it's still a game. So I did, I did play some of that. But only once. Okay. We didn't get very far because it was like there were some new people learning um, as well as me. I'm still trying to learn it, but I've got, right. uh, I think I had the basics down, uh, you know, enough that I'm just like, I just want to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the, I think the the hard part of that game is like this, this DM was like, okay, well, we're starting out. We're in town. What do you, you know, he's like, what do you want to do? everyone's like looking at each other and I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, I've got everything I need. Like I've already got this character. We've already played. He's played once, not in this campaign, but I did get to, a friend of mine hosted one for me at my house. And we did a, a kind of a dungeon thing that he had set up. So I got to play once and I had fun with it. So I'm like, I'm ready to just go. Let's go. Let's go kill. Let's, I just, to me, the exciting part of D and D is the battling, the, the you know, killing people and looting, and that's that's the fun part. And it was like, you know, and then there were some kids there, and they were just like, "Well, do you want to trade this?" And 
what kind of stuff is at the shop and can I buy a crossbow? And I'm just like, you know, the DM's trying to be nice about, well, you're in a farming town. They, you know, they have farming equipment and, <laughs> you know, but shovel. it was, it was really slow. It was a real slow night. <laughs> that was my only complaint it was like, it was too slow. Come on. Got to speed it up. So, but it was fun that my little dragon dude got to go out and kill a gnome and gut him, stick his sword straight up through his skull. Yeah. <laughs> so I did get that. I forgot about that. Yeah, that counts. I'll say that counts. It is a, you are at a table and you are playing a game. <laughs> may not have a board but <laughs> you know, i would say like if it's at a con it's it can apply <laughs> so technically right. like even at gen con they have video games there <laughs> well in that case but we're not talking, but no talk of LARP. larping does not count <laughs> well I, I i will say one thing i will mention one video game because um that has consumed my time this week and that is Hogwarts Legacy. I think that's the name of it. Yeah, Legacy. And I am not a Harry Potter fan. I've never read the books. I did finally get through the movies. Actually, this this week, my daughter and I, I was like, in fact, I think it was the day that she was diagnosed. And she's like, are you going to make me stay in my bedroom all, you know, for the next 10 days? And I was like, yep. But then my I have my, my son is staying. My youngest son is at... Um, his grandma's because they're off school yesterday and today and he's, I got to pick him up tonight, but um, I'm like, well, while he's gone, you can be up in the living room if you want and watch TV up there and lay on the couch and get out of your room. But I said, once, once your brother's back, you're going to have to kind of stick to your room to keep those two apart. And uh, so we actually finished like the last Harry Potter movie. And because my kids love that, books they've read the books they've watched the movies a million times i finally have gotten through the movies um yeah i i you know i would not watch them again so but and i and i was kind of curious about the video game because it from what i saw it looked interesting the first time i watched it and i was watching like the combat i'm like this looks really interesting this looks like this could be fun and then i was like but then it was like seemed like a ton of story stuff and i was just like yeah i'm not interested in this so but then after it came out just there were so many people talking about this game like just raving about it and how good it was so i was like you know what i'm going to i went and was like let me go back and watch some people play and so I was kind of checking a few different people out playing it. And then I was like, you know, this does look interesting. And so I'm like, I, I bit the bullet and um, bit the wand maybe would be the appropriate, right? Bit the wand. Sure. Um, bought the game. And I, I this is one of the best video games, personally, I think, that I have played in a very long time. And it's because it, first of all, it's very, there are a few like bugs, but it is, I haven't run into anything game breaking. I haven't run into any, it's just like visual stuff that I'm sure they'll patch and kind of correct. But the story's really good. The missions are for the most part are very fun. 
the wand combat in, in all the different spells you can get um, aligned with like the puzzle parts where you're doing different things. It's like, okay, what, which spell do I use here? And then different things happen at night. There's things you can only do at night, things you can only do in the day. There's, you know, you're, you're going to class to learn spells, doing things for your instructors to get more powerful. And it's just, everything is, it's just done really, really good. Like the game is a lot of fun and, and it's a huge map, but they've got these, these, this really good way to fast travel. Um, so if you you can go out and explore if you want by flying on your broom or running around, but you can all or you can fast travel if you've been to that area. Um, and it's just overall, the game is fantastic. It is a great video game. So if, if you know, and I would assume people that might listen to the show probably may may play video games as well. And I don't want to spend a lot of time. Uh, we're not going to turn this into a video game thing, but. If you have, if you like video games and you like um, kind of open world, you know you're you're gonna level up your character. You're gonna get uh, gear and clothing, and it's more powerful, and you're gonna get more powerful spells. And you know if you like that type of game, definitely check this thing out. It is very good, very good game. So. That's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. Don't miss out. <clears throat> Back to the board game. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking it up online. I saw a little bit on it. and It looked interesting, it, it, but I, it, I'm it, not into that stuff like, like you. It's, it's really good. I do skip a lot of dialogue. Um, I do have like subtitles on it because I find that I can kind of skim the dial, you know, the, yeah, the, um, it's a lot quicker. The, yeah, and then I just hit the Y button to like skip, 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 skip. Because um, I just, I am, I'm like, just like when I was playing D&D, it was like, dude, let's just get to the killing. You know, I want to play. I want to, to and the combat in this game is a lot of fun. Um, and I'm just like, this is great. You know, it's it's fun to have a game that's just a lot of fun to play. Just like a board game, you know, it's like, you know, you, you get all these games and sometimes you play one and it's just like, eh. But then you find that one, you're just like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is so much fun. And you want to tell everyone about it. And that's the way I feel about Hogwarts Legacy. It's like, I know it's a video game and this isn't a video game podcast, but it's something I'm really enjoying so much for, and, and I'm, who's not a fan of that series. And I'm absolutely just, I think I've got 20 hours into it so far and there's no sign of stopping. <laughs> so, so don't miss out. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, uh, just, it's been real busy. I've got one game in and uh, it's an oldie, but a goodie. It's one of my like more favorite uh, older games. Uh, it wasn't Azul. Yeah. It's been a while since I played that, a couple weeks now. But it was a Downfall of Pompeii. I don't know if, well, I, I know I've talked about this like way, 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 way back when, um, probably like episode 10 or something like that. But uh, Downfall of Pompeii, it's an older game. It's been around forever. 
um, I forgot who the designer was, but uh, it's it's one of those games that has like uh, Klaus two... Jorgen Reed. Yeah, Something yeah, like that. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, uh, I believe he's the, is isn't he the one that did Carcassonne? Yes, that's what it yeah. says. Yeah. And the cool thing about this game is that it's actually like a what I will, what I'll call a two parter. You know, there's some games that initially they have one type of game to them and then it changes and then you're like playing some other kind of game like there's uh, a very simplistic version of it where like you might be let's say like collecting resources in the first half of a game and then you're building stuff with those resources in the second half of the game that's a very simplistic version. What this one does is, so it's set in the town of Pompeii in Europe, uh, or Italy specifically. Italy. And uh, this is the one that had that unfortunate yeah. Mount Vesuvius. With Mount Vesuvius, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And um, so the map, or the, the game board, is actually a map of the city of Pompeii. And there's a volcano, which is actually three-dimensional. So there's this thing that you build. It's like a little cone that you put in um, in part of the map. And the first half of the game, what you're basically doing is you're putting your players, your like, uh, people, into the various buildings of the city. <clears throat> and then at a certain point, it switches. And then the volcano erupts. And now you're basically trying to get everybody out of the city and you direct lava flow to help trap your opponent. Like there's, there's exits on different sides of the city. So you're basically trying to move your dudes out while your opponent is trying to move theirs out and also block you in and so forth. And the really fun, I'll say most satisfying part of this is like, I'll, Let's say, like, if you and I were playing, I'll take your little dude that just perished in the lava, right? Yeah. And then you drop them in the volcano. That's how you, like, get rid of them. So it's, like, very satisfying. Like, you take somebody's uh, little dude and you're staring at him right in the eyes. You're like, I got him. And then you just chuck it in the volcano with a huge smile. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun. It's uh, actually... Um, it's a very simple game for the most part. Um, you know, it's like one thing that you'll find, Mark, is like the games that are older are a lot simpler than new games. And yeah. this one's a lot of fun. And it's cool that it's it's basically like two games in one. So Downfall of Pompeii is a game that I played. Uh, of course, I won. You know, that's what you get for teaching the game and being the only one that knows the rules. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, uh, it was a lot of fun, and it's definitely one that I'm hanging on to. I don't think there's been a reprint of this thing forever, so I don't know if it's even available nowadays, but uh, it's really good. I enjoyed it. Double thumbs up. All right. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure how to, like, I almost feel weird about it, because, like, I've been to Pompeii. Yeah. It's like, they still have, like, bodies that were yeah. encased in the ash and stuff like that still there like, oh wow yeah it's there's 
I've got pictures of it. <laughs> I can show you sometime. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, this was a tragedy and it's like now turned into a game. It almost seems like, I mean, I guess there's a bunch of war games out there, right? But no, it's, I don't know. No, games, basically they, you know, pick a theme. Sometimes the theme is pasted on. Sometimes it's a little more, um, how should I say, applicable to the game. But, um, you know, you could basically like switch any of these games into something, but into something else rather than, than what it is. They just chose something historic. Yeah. And, uh, and they did a nice job. Cool. So anyway, so moving on, uh, we got uh, two things to kind of talk about. So you want to start this first one? So I was, so I'm curious because I know that you've gone to, um, I don't know if you've gone to a lot of cons, but we'll say con like convention, right? But I know you've gone to Gen Con a lot. You used to talk about it on our Mm -hmm. other show. And um, I've never, the only con I've attended was PAX Prime. I guess it used to call PAX West. Now it's PAX Prime, I think is what they call it here in Seattle. I got to go a couple years ago. And that was like my first convention. I've always wanted to do like E3 down in L.A., the big video game show, which is pretty much dead now. Um, never got to go, but I went to PAX and it was a lot of fun. Like my first time there, it was like, well, it was my only time. I've only got to go once, but um, it was overwhelming. Like, and, sure. and I don't know if it's the same for a and I want to keep this on the board games. I'm not trying to right. turn this back into a video game show, but um, the only con I went to was basically around video games, but they did have board games there too. Um, and, and I'll kind of talk about that, which I, which I found interesting, but so at PAX prime first time I went, like I was like, there was so much going on, you know, there's a lot of flashing lights and a lot of noises. Cause you know, the, all the video games are being demoed and played and, and it was just like you, you, it was like overload. Like sure. I, I couldn't even like, stare at something i was like you're looking around and it's like you can't even focus on anything because as you're trying to it was like as i'm trying to look at something like there's another noise or another light or another something is catching your attention constantly right and it's just like your head's on a swivel constantly and then you'll be like i have no idea what i just look i gotta look again (laughs) you know um and and i was interested i was I thought it was interesting to find that you could buy board games there and that they had board game vendors there and they even had a library that you could go into and check out board games and then go into all these different rooms that were in the convention hall and, and play board games. And then, you know, uh, you know, it was really neat. So now that I'm like into the board game hobby, my thoughts and I, and we're uh, you and I, I think we talked about this last time, we're going to go to Gen Con this year. So I'm actually going to go to down to Gen Con and, and meeting several friends of ours that we have. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, probably more about all of us getting together than yeah, actually no. going to the con. But um, I'm excited to go to Gen Con this year and, and experience what it is. Because my understanding, 
And I know there's a ton of like board game conventions all over the place. Sure. Um, I think we have one here in Seattle coming up in March. Um, and I, I need to kind of dig into that to see what maybe I, something I can go to. But um, is Gen Con the like the main board game one because like i and i thinking of this again is like e3 was like the big one for the u.s and sure. then like GamesCon was like the big video game convention in europe and then there was what tokyo game show you know so here in the u.s what what would you say is probably the main board game convention and then like what other what other ones have like maybe you've been to or you're aware of that might be worth people checking out? Yeah, so when it, when it comes to cons, there's a number of different kinds, and I'll kind of like break them down here by by type. I, you know, the smallest ones are just ones that people you know have like little get-togethers. They can be like really small, you know, community-based. And just people that all know each other. Sometimes they're at a house. Sometimes they're in a rented space. You know, it, it all depends. So I'll, I'll call that like the smallest, uh, possibly the entry level one. Those are usually the most accessible ones for people because they're oftentimes within a city, within an area, and people can go over there for just a day. Not a big deal. There are more regional ones. Um, like one that comes to mind, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll call this a regional kind, and that's Grand Con, which is in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. And that is, you know, a smaller con. It's been, um, you know, a number of years in the making. Man, I think they're probably close to like eight, ten years now that, that they've been having it. So, and every year they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so that, again, is more easily accessible because it's regional right so people from the area like i live in the chicago area going over to grand con is like just a couple hour drive um you know and it's something you could easily go to and you know for the day and come back home probably as well uh, you know not commit yourself to staying there for a couple of days yeah. uh, the, the larger cons um these are the ones that I'll call like the the biggest one in the states is going to be Gen Con, right? So that's probably the most well known. It's been around forever. It started off what in uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, um, just basically doing D and D. Okay. Um, and then you know it kind of grew. They went to Milwaukee for a number of years, and then wound up in Indianapolis. Um, which they've been to. Uh, it's been in Indy for I don't, I don't know how many years. It's quite a while. And for a couple more, because uh, they keep signing like five-year agreements down there. But anyway, so Gen Con, the thing that's a little bit different compared to the previous ones that I mentioned is the, the smaller ones and even the regional ones, they tend to be more focused on gaming. Okay, so you go there and you're basically playing games. Uh, convention like Gen Con definitely does have that, uh, but they also have a very large retail presence. So you can go over there and basically see the latest games that just came out. You can see the games that are coming out uh, in the near future. And 
you can also even get some games. Um, well, this is tending to be less and less now, uh, you know, in the post-pandemic world. But it used to be like, you know, you would go to Gen Con, and I'll just pick a company at random, like Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight would come out with uh, whatever game that's hot for that year. You know, like I'll use um, like X-Wing, you know, the, that uh, X-Wing miniatures game. Oh, yeah. That's been out for quite a few years. So if you went to Gen Con, you could actually pick up a copy of it. Or you could wait uh, like another four, five, six months before it got into retail and then, you know, see if you could actually get it. So it also had the advantage of getting games before they're like real huge public release um, into retail. Because, you know, games have to be produced, you know, they come usually from China, you know, they have to come across on container ships, then they have to go into distribution, um, you know, so they go from the ports to distribution, and then they get distributed out to the stores. So it just takes a long time. But uh, I kind of got sidetracked off on that a little bit. But going back to what I was saying you know, they have a high retail presence and you can actually do a lot of buying. You can see a lot of new stuff because the manufacturers are there. Now, of the large conventions in the United States, I would say Gen Con is probably the biggest. And then there's PAX Unplugged and a number of other ones that are also pretty popular. Right? The Gen Con, in, in my eyes, is the king of the hell, right? They've at the biggest attendance, and they're the most uh, widespread, I guess. And what I mean by that is, like, they'll they'll do everything, right? You can do your D&D, you can play your Magic the Gathering, you can do your board game stuff. They have tons of tournaments. Um, you can do your cosplay stuff, your LARPing, you know, whatever. It's, it's, there's something for everybody there, whether you just want to participate on the retail side, um, whether you want to do tournaments, whether you want to, you know, check out the new games that are be, that are going to be coming out in the next year or two, there's something for you, definitely there. Uh, and it's also, I'll say, family friendly. And what I mean by that is just that there's stuff there for kids as well. Um, okay. I know, like our kids, if they were a lot younger than they are right now. You know, if they're all like, you know, seven, eight years old, they're bored as heck watching us play board games, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the stuff isn't necessarily their speed uh, being at a young age, you know, just because complex games and, you know, things with without like superheroes and stuff like that, that's there's not much interest there. So alternatively, there are other uh, fairly well-known uh, conventions like uh, one that comes to mind is Origins Game Fair. That one is in Ohio. And that one is mainly focused on playing. So less retail, more okay. tabletop gaming focused. And that's where you basically go to kind of, I mean, there, I believe there is some retail. I've never been to that one. Always thought about it, but uh, never pulled the trigger on it. and. You know, that one is like, if you go there for like two, three days, you're playing games like all day. Uh, or you can, right, if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, and then globally, I think the biggest 
which and it's even bigger than Gen Con is uh, the Spiel in Essen, Germany, and or um, that yep. one is like the big dog. That's uh, it's been around forever. It's just massive, and uh, huh. there's a huge game presence. All the retailers are there, and there's from what I understand, there is less gaming done over there compared to Gen Con. And that's specifically because of like one thing mainly. So at, uh, at the European show, everything shuts down after the convention closes. I mean, basically you're done. The difference with Gen Con is that that facility is 24 hours. So when the hall closes at five o'clock, people still stay. And there's these huge gaming halls that you can go to. Oh, wow. That um, you can, I mean, this is where all the tournaments and the gaming happens. Yeah. Like you can get your tickets to try out, I don't know, X-Wing or something like that. There might be like a get together for X-Wing. And then you just go over there at your designated time and then you can play for like two hours or whatever it is. Um, and in that area, that's usually where I would go. And, you know, whatever games I bought or whatever we have, sometimes we bring games over there because you never know what's going to happen or, you know, what you might want to play. And then you just plop down in an empty area and you do your you do your game plan. But um, the one thing that I will say with what you had mentioned earlier about being overwhelmed to the one that you went and went to, and I can definitely see that there's a lot going on. It more so happens. I think the first time that you go, and it's probably the first time that you go to any convention, it's just so overwhelming. There's a lot, you know, everything's new, right? You don't know where you're going. You don't know anything. The second time you go, let's say like the second year that you go, now you're familiar with it, right? You know where the bathrooms are. You know where the lunch is. You know you, you know places for lunch. Yeah. Um, you know where you can hang out. You know like the companies that you want to see. You know, it's like, you know, do you want to see the role-playing companies? Do you want to go to the Fantasy Flight booth? And you Like some of these booths have huge lines to even get into them. So you oh, might wow. be waiting like an hour or more in a queue line to just get into like the fantasy flight store. Although now it might be part of asthma day after they got acquired. I don't remember, but uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's an experience. And after you go the first time, it will be overwhelming just cause everything's new. And then second time it's like, no problem. At least, I think it is because at that point, you know, it's like, well, this area over here, it's got all the steampunk clothes. Don't care about that. Yeah. Oh, I might want to go to the cool stuff area because they have, you know, games to sell, older games to sell at a discount. You know, so I might want to check them out, see if there's something I want to pick up. But um, so you had a question like half an hour ago. before I started going off on my 40 tangents that I, that I kind of answered at all for you or. Yeah, no, I think you, I do. I think you, you did a really good job of answering that because you kind of mentioned smaller ones, larger ones, what to expect. Um, yeah, I think you kind of just, uh, and I, I was, I did find, um, a a site called meeplemountain.com 
and they actually are talking about conventions. They actually have a article that was written back uh, way back in t- 2017, but this is I mean, they must update this um, every every so often because it's the title, the 2022-2023 Guide to Board Game Conventions. And they've got actually list and updated list. Um, it was actually just updated on February 19th, 2023. Mm-hmm. So um, they have a worldwide board game convention list. But they also talk about like small versus large. Sure. Um, they actually listed some of these things that you were talking about, like the origins um, in Ohio. That's in Columbus. And they said that averages around 20,000, 20,642 attendees. Gen Con's around 60,000. And then uh, Spiel is like 174,000 people. That's almost now, three yeah. times the size of Gen Con. Now, one thing is I think they count they count the people a little differently because there's turnstile counting. And I believe that's like you count like each day individually, and then you could also count like, well, how many passes did you sell? So, if, oh, okay, you know, if you bought a three day and I bought a one day, that's two people, right? Right. Or you could count it as four, right? Depending so, on how many people go per day. So Spiel doesn't. Okay, so Origins and Gen Con list attendees. Yeah. Spiel just says about 174,000. Yeah. It doesn't list it as attendees. So I'm yeah, they, I'm they guessing Gen Con is that's so. how many badges they sold. Yeah. Same with Ohio, their origins. Uh UK Games Expo says 20 about 21,698 attendees. So since those are like actual numbers compared to well, Spiel just says 174,000. Doesn't say attendees, so I'm a, I'm a, probably like what you said. That's probably how many people have gone through the turnstiles over the time frame. Yeah, over where sixty thousand attendees could be sixty thousand people coming four days. That's you know a hundred what hundred uh, no two hundred forty thousand people, yeah. or you know not people but counting if like like if you did the turnstile. So yeah, I guess uh, that's not a good way of judging the size of it. Yeah, good point. And, you know, one thing, too, to mention is, you know, I know people have different tolerances for, you know, being in crowds and so forth. So, you know, going to the larger conventions, you know, you got to have the expectation that, you know, there's going to be tons of people around. You're going to get bumped into a lot. Um, You're going to be waiting for things. When you go to a smaller con, you know, that diminishes. I mean, you still might be waiting for things, but, you know, you might be in a place with a thousand people or a couple hundred versus, you know, somewhere where you're in a hall with 10,000 people. You know, so that's a, that's a thing to consider. Like, I like crowds. <laughs> well, I take that back. <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> crowds. <laughs> I don't like it. necessarily like everybody that's around me. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's it's just a whole different experience. And then when you go to Gen Con, to me, that is something that's more of like a vacation, right? It's kind of like a destination. You don't go there, like, especially if you fly in, you don't go there for like a day. Even though I have done that, I've actually 
uh, left like one year, I only had like one day to get down there. So I'm like, I'm going to go. So Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I hit the road at like four in the morning and I drove to um, Indianapolis, which is like a couple hours from Chicago. I spent the day there and then I forgot when I left in the evening, but I just drove back home. Oof. It was rough. It was a lot of driving. I was really freaking tired. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but when you go to the bigger conventions, I think it's something that you definitely want to do for a couple of days. It's like going to Walt Disney World, right? Um, yeah. You know, versus. I'm, I'm worried about okay. all the walking, though. Like, I know when I went to PAX in Seattle, it was a, a day. It was a full day. Mm-hmm. And my feet were pretty tore up. Yeah, bring the next day, and I was like, "We're doing." I got a four day pass for <laughs> Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, so I told my daughter she's going with, and it's like, okay, we got to get out and start walking. We got to really get some steps in every day to start building up and prepping for this massive convention we're going to be. That's Otherwise, good, we ain't yeah. going to survive past one day. <laughs> yeah, there was one year that we went where that was on their fiftieth anniversary. So it was like 2018, I think, 17, 18, something like that. And yeah. uh, what they had is these buttons that they were giving out that were like celebratory for, you know, the, the anniversary of Gen Con. And so it was like on, I think it was on Thursday. So it was the, the opening day of the convention. Uh, once we found out about the buttons, all of a sudden, because uh, we went there with the kids, and the kids had to have the buttons, and you have to collect <laughs> them. There's like 20 of them. You have to collect them in a certain order. So they have a map, and it's not like the shortest distance. It's like you're walking from one side of the convention to the other side. Now you're going over you know, outside by the food trucks, then you're like going over to the Lucas oil stadium. It had you like trucking all over that day. And this is an exception. It's not like common, but that day, in addition to the normal walking and then walking all over for the stuff, we did over 40,000 steps that day. That was a lot. That was a couple miles at least. Um, I forget how many steps there is on your typical mile, but 40,000. Who's like 42 or 46,000 is what I did. And my feet hurt. <laughs> and it's, still, it's to me, it's questionable on if the buttons were worth it because I don't think any of the kids cared about them after they got them all. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's yeah, but, uh, but we got them. So, you know, there's that. But yeah, be prepared to walk, uh, be prepared to stay hydrated. That's a huge thing. Um, drink the water, bring water bottle or whatever. Um, stay hydrated hydrated because uh, dehydration will just annihilate you, especially on like day two or three. And, um, and yeah, that's... Uh, Oh, there's something else I was going to mention about about it, but I, I totally forgot what it was. 
but it, it'll be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, it's definitely like a vacation with a cool oh, destination. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be like that for your daughter, but it probably would definitely will be for you. It is for me. <laughs> 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 and as long as she's willing to go, you know, that's, that's one thing. Uh, like I, I think I told you that, uh, uh, I've been going with a mutual friend of ours and our kids, and we we turned it into like an annual thing. Yeah, where it's like every August, beginning of August, um, you know, we kind of trek down there, and you know, the kids go. You know, it's I don't know how many years we've done it, but. Uh, it, it'll be cool to grow our circle of people doing that. And hopefully our kids will keep doing it. And I'm all for going definitely. Um, you know, hopefully they won't have any kinds of restrictions or anything this year. It doesn't look like they will, but you never know. And uh, we haven't gone for a couple of years, so it'll be good to be going back and especially, uh, you know, having you and your daughter go that, that makes it extra awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Cool. Do you have anything else on that, or did we kind of no? Like no, that was just. I'm excited to go, so I was yeah. just kind of curious about your thoughts on the different things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think you started off asking which is the best one to attend. The, you can look at it a couple of ways. If you want to go all in, and probably make it a destination thing almost like a little mini vacation board game theme theme vacation you can do gen con there's there's other ones that are like smaller that you can also do the same thing for um they're scattered around the country there's even cruises board game geek has one down in texas uh that's supposed to be awesome and, and a lot of these sell out like immediately but um you know the cruises might be something interesting too if you like uh doing cruises but um you know, the regional ones, they're probably the easiest to do, especially if it's close to your house, so you can go back and forth. Um, going to something like Gen Con, it's more more an investment, like especially if you have to pay for hotel and airfare, and if you're bringing multiple people, you know, uh, the costs of it definitely increase. So, you know, just pick what you what you like. Do you, do you want to get a taste of it, right? You know, maybe do the more local stuff if you want to do the big thing, experience overwhelming, um, you know, gaming goodness. Then Gen Con, I think, is is freaking awesome. But I love the retail aspect of it, uh, in addition to the gaming. So that's why I personally like it. If you like only just if if you really just want to do gaming, then maybe look at some of the smaller ones or like the Board Game Geek or Origins. Not that Origins is much smaller, but but it is. Anyway, so the the thing that uh, I wanted to mention is I found myself in this interesting little scenario uh, recently, where you know there is a completionist aspect to board gaming. And I've kicked some of that habit. And by completionist, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, yeah, we had a, some conversations. So basically what I mean by that is like, you know, you get a game and then all of a sudden you have to have every expansion. 
I'm not Marvel United. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, like I'll use a, like a game like Agricola, right? You can really get caught up in getting all the little card packs and everything like that. Uh, you know, we played that one game, Stone Age. Yeah, there's like two expansions for it uh, that are out. Or is it the one, one or two? Anyway, there's there's an expansion for that. It's like, you know, got to have it, got to have it. And in the end, it's like, you know, how much do you actually play? But that's a whole different topic. Uh, then what companies have done, maybe smartly on their behalf, is that they've gone through and made series of games. So they're, the, the games are numbered, right? So here's game one in this series. Then game two comes out three. And man, when you put those games up on a shelf, you really want to put them all next to each other. And what what is what are all your gamer friends gonna think when you don't have game number three in the ten game series, right? You got all other nine, and it's an interesting situation. And I got myself into a little bit of a quandary, I'll call it that, with uh, so one of my uh, one publisher that I really like a lot, and I like a lot of their games is Queen Games. They've been around forever. Don't necessarily like all of their games, but I do like a lot of their more popular games. And they came out with, um, I think they called it the City series. What the heck was it? Um, yeah, the City Collection. Uh, so these are games by a designer called Stefan Feld which I don't know if you've played any of these games, but uh, he's a very highly regarded publisher. I mean, designer. He's made a ton of games. And so Queen is coming out with a whole bunch of their games, of his games, and they are, I'll call them deluxe versions. So... They're all named after cities. So there's Hamburg, Amsterdam, New York, Marrakesh. And their two latest, the two latest ones are on Kickstarter right now. And uh, they're number five and six. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. Five and six of the Stefan Feld City Collection. And I got stuck with the first two, which I think were Hamburg and Amsterdam. Uh, where they were redoing some of his older games, like retheming them. And I'm like, you know, I like these games. This looks, these look really cool. Let me go in and back these. I'm fine with buying a new version. And I've done this with a bunch of games in the past that I enjoy and have no problem with it. And then when the Kickstarter came out, the... Uh, Queen made two different versions. So there's like a regular version, which is going to be in retail. And then there's, then there's, yeah, yeah, we'll call it classic. And then there's the deluxified version that has like. I I see what, I see your problem. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which one are you, are you looking at the, uh, the Vienna and Cuzco? Or no, I'm looking at I'm looking at their the Queen's game shop. Okay. And I see the four games you mentioned. 
I see there's four in classic and there's four in deluxe and the boxes are different. <laughs> oh yeah. So how can you have, you can't have two of the classics and then two of the deluxe. Cause then the boxes aren't even correct. Yeah. And, and on top <laughs> That's gonna of that, look bad on your shelf too. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the deluxe components, you know, they have like, acrylic pieces and you know instead of punched cardboard it's like really yep. nice pieces really great components uh there's a ton of add-ons as well um which i'm really not interested in you know like they have like their little player dudes the meeples right where they're acrylic and they're like printed so it's an actual like you know character like i'm looking at the ones which game is this? This is for Vienna. And it's got like, you know, like this dude in a trench coat and, you know, is wearing suspenders. Whereas, you know, like the regular games, probably regular meeples, I'm guessing. Actually, maybe they have pictures of the regular ones. Actually, why would they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually they are. Yeah, they're just, uh, you know, stamped wooden meeples. And so, yeah, I got in on the deluxe version of the first uh was it hamburg and amsterdam okay and they're kind of pricey but i was like you know i i like these older games they're good games fine and then they came out with two more and i'm like ah oh, man fine let me get the <laughs> deluxe versions of these as well and now they got two more <laughs> <laughs> and it's freaking expensive. It's yeah. like each each game is like over a hundred bucks, and you know, I almost feel compelled to buy it, and you know, not go for the classic edition. But the thing right. is, that's stupid about this is that it's the same game it's technically the same game experience just one is maybe more visually or tact tactilely <laughs> that's not a word uh it's a better tactile experience right because you have you have these nice acrylic pieces as opposed to the right to the cardboard and i just think it's, it's an interesting situation because i was thinking about how dumb it was like why am i suckered into buying this but i am and i backed it at the deluxe version and you know maybe the only thing that makes me feel better is like people spend a lot more <laughs> on other games yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred bucks a game actually it's a little more than a hundred bucks but um the thing that's just killing me is that there's so many of them i mean like we talked about castles of burgundy that i back the the new version of it what by was it a weekend realms whoever it was you know it was like 160 bucks but that's like one of my favorite games of all time and i think it's so worth it but these other ones man i just i just found myself in this weird situation of just being compelled for their reimagined versions oh yeah so yeah vienna is like la isla and cuzco is a game called bora bora and i think I forgot what the other ones were. The other ones were like, um, oh man, the one with the windrows. 
Wow. I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, and on, on top of, like, being as expensive as they are, they have tons of add-ons. Like, you can buy, like, what, coins usually and other stuff. I don't think they have play mats. But, you know, it's uh, one thing that I have kicked, though, a little bit is that I don't I no longer feel compelled after I don't know how many years in the hobby. I don't feel compelled to buy expansions anymore. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll oftentimes skip the expansions just because I don't play a lot of the expansions and a lot of them that I have played the expansions. I don't like how they change the game. Um. Yeah, I bought three expansions for Wingspan and have yet to even open the boxes. Yeah. Because there's so much, like, Wingspan's just got so much going for it. And again, when you've got so many games, when are you going to get to play those? Mm-hmm. You know? It's... Uh, right. And I, and if you're introducing yeah. people to the game, you know, like your mom... You're going to play the base game. Yeah, exactly. Because the expansions like usually amp up the difficulty somewhat and it's too much for people to take on yeah for a first for a first play so you know i did i did kick that habit for the most part um i found a new one <laughs> the completionist of of uh of the series i i i'm really hoping there isn't like 15 16 titles to the series don't be good <laughs> but at least they spread it out it's like one every year or two but the uh, um yeah the the stefan whatever the city thing felt, that you're talking about yeah the all-in deluxe bundle is 890 dollars <laughs> Is that just for the current one, or is that all six games? It gives you all uh, all six games. It looks like it gives you everything, like these coin sets, uh, gold card packs. Oh yeah, um, but it's Vienna, Cusco, yeah, Hamburg, Amsterdam, New York, Mar- Marrakesh. Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. the games in their deluxe. But yeah, it's like nine hundred bucks, man. Yeah, and plus shipping. <laughs> plus, I was about to say plus shipping. But the interesting <laughs> thing about that is, like, if you look at the bottom of it, so this is a limited uh, series of this. It's limited to thirty-five uh, pledges, and there's four left. So thirty-one people have currently pledged eight hundred ninety plus for this. But the thing is, it's like the games do have a serial number uh, to them. And I thought I read, like, if you purchased the prior games, you're going to get the same number. So, like, if you get, um, you know, box 23 out of what 1000 or 1500 or whatever it is you're going to get box 23 across all of them yeah it says yeah you'll receive the same number between 1501 and 1600 for all six games on that deluxe bundle okay so they must be making what only 100 or 99 
copies of that. And there's only four left, like you said, in that yeah. all-in deluxe. Oh, it says all backers of four games in the Steffenfeld City collection in one of the two previous campaigns will get the same numbers. If you're a new backer, you will get a number of 2,000 plus. Oh, okay. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to drop out of that Marvel United because I was that the Marvel United multiverse campaign that they find that that actually closed out um i jumped on that because i was like oh we like this and i've got a i got so many expansions now it's ridiculous and i bought yeah. the big huge player mat which was worth it but yeah. i had to pay premium because i had to get that off like ebay but i did mm -hmm. get a new version new new one in the box um and it's double-sided but um yeah but it was like that that kickstarter got up to like five hundred dollars because they yeah. kept adding like all these like sure. expansions and kept adding and kept adding and it was like it finally at five hundred dollars i was like this is insane like i already have a ton of this game and it's basically the same thing just you're just changing out and that's the thing about this game they're really only changing out the hero and the villains but it's you know it's still essentially the same game. Why would I pay? And that was when I quit. I'm like, I, I dropped out at that point. They still added more stuff. Oh, I don't yeah. know what the final all in was, but I would imagine it was probably seven, $800 as well. And I'm like, no way I, yeah. I can't do that. And they but I was, that. I was in that I same thing. I was like, I've got this and we got to have them all. And that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just looking at this. So Hamburg is a re-implementation of Bruges, which is, I, I like Bruges. Amsterdam is Macau. That's the Windrose one. Uh, that's a good game, older game. New York is Rialto, which is decent. Marrakesh is a brand new game. Vienna is La Isla. Cusco is Bora Bora, which is good. Then there are two more probably coming out next year patty putra which is a new game and then nassau which is rum and pirates re-implementation so man at least i gotta prepare my prepare myself mentally for another two i can't stop at six <laughs> <laughs> they know how to extract the money out of my pocket apparently but anyway how long we've been talking yeah they oh, did let's see they added so i'm looking back at that multi or marvel united so they have an omniverse pledge of 360 is their highest but that is not including everything they had because I, I when I dropped my pledge was at five hundred, and I was like, no way, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Un unless they changed. Oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> uh oh, Fing Fang Foom. They got a Fing Fin Fang Foom uh, miniature Kickstarter. Oh, exclusive. is that is that that dragon? Yes. Oh, from okay. Yeah. Oh nice. man, 
That looks so cool. That was not part of it when I was in. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've added a bunch of stuff. See, they oh know exactly how see, to then do there's, it. Uh, I got to see if they... They got a ton of expansions. They must have lowered their price. Because now it's including all these expansions. It looks like it's including everything that I was going to get. Oh, plus a whole bunch of plastic tokens? Dude, close that tab immediately. <laughs> I'm your friend. Hold on. I'm Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking out for your best interest. There's so many things. It's like $20, $15, $20, $40. Yeah. The pet companions. <laughs> no, I, I remember seeing something about like, you know, consumer, I'll call it manipulation. Um, of like, let's say if you have a product that you have, that you want to, or that you need 200 for, right? That's your selling price. It's a lot easier to start off at like 75 and keep adding to it. Yeah. And then the people gradually increase like their pledge. Uh, and next thing you know, they're at 200 rather than just 200 out the gate. Right, because then people are yeah. like, "Oh, no way!" So the lower price, you know, is the gateway, and then it's easy, super easy to just tag on ten. It's it's like nickel and diming you. That's that's like you know cutting the cord, right? Yeah, you get rid of cable, and now you're paying for Netflix, and you know YouTube TV, and your internet, and HBO and all these Disney and you're right back where you were. Yep. No, I'm not, I'm not spending yeah. the money on those. I, I, it's no, <laughs> not doing it. I got so many of the already and it's just, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't need to spend the money on it. So I, hear you. I actually I hear stopped you. looking at Kickstarter. It's like, I need some of these to come in first. Yeah. So then, then you get into the thing of you, you forgot about it. And then this box shows up and it's like, oh yeah, I backed this two <laughs> years ago. I remember now. Anyway. Like, what is this? <laughs> mm -hmm. so, it's like, oh, surprise. Or you get the, you know, whatever, insert logistics company here is shipping you a game, you know, arriving tomorrow. <laughs> what is this? I, I don't read my Kickstarter stuff. I, I don't have time to read all the updates and, you know, where the files are and that the thing's on a ship somewhere. And so then, then things just show up. Yeah. I, and I think it's easier, like when you are getting in, like at a ground up, like when you're starting out, like Marvel Villainous, I've got every expansion, and they they announced a new one coming out, okay. and I tried to pre-order it, but like the, I missed it. Like it wasn't showing on the freaking Target's webpage, and yeah, like they have a special chromed character um, if you're able to to get it. 
Um, but their pre-orders have sold out, but it's like 30 bucks, like, you know, and they, they're only putting them out. Like, you know, if it's only one a year, it's like no problem. Like then I'll, yes, I'm going to have them all. Sure. But to get everything and, you know, you're investing $500 or something. It's like, yo, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. So going back and like trying to get a game that, you know, that's older, like you were talking about and then trying to like, Ooh, I like this. Now I need all the rest of them. That's, you know, ticket to ride's a good example. Where do you pull the plug on that one? You know, cause there's a million expansions to that too. And some people might feel compelled to have them all. And I've, I've looked at a bunch and I was like, no, no. Yeah. At we, some we've point got the one we really yeah. like. Yeah. At some point it's like more of the same. Yeah. You know, and, and, and interesting too, I think ticket to ride's a good one for me and the Marvel United where it's just like, okay, I don't need this. Cause the one got too costly. Yeah. And I was like, this is stupid. The other one, Ticket to Ride, I bought a one of the smaller versions, the San Francisco game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like it. And so now it's like, okay, I, I don't, you know, the original game is great. We really like Rails and Sales, and that's probably the only one we'll play now going forward. Sure. But, um, yeah, I really don't need any of these 8,000 different expansions that they have on that. I really don't. Yeah. And so it's good because I'm one that's like, I really like to have a full collection. I I really do. But those type of two incidences is like, okay, I don't need it. Which will help me because in honestly, why have 12 versions of ticket to ride when I could have one ticket to ride and 11 other games mm-hmm. that provide new experiences. Yeah. So or every, every copy or, that you're buying, it does keep you from buying potentially playing something new. Mm-hmm. So. Oh heck yeah, yeah. And there's um, there's a lot of people that have like uh, like lists of all the different versions of like Ticket to Ride, and they like rank them, and you know everybody has their favorite portion of it. And like like you said, there's a million of them, right? Yeah. Spread all over the country. Um, you, know, you got the smaller ones that are like more regional. You got the country ones or the outside, the continental ones, right? Like like the U.S. and Europe. <laughs> I think there's, isn't there like a Japan one or something? Oh, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah there is a Japan. Yep. And, there's a bunch, but it's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. Changing a little mechanic or the or the board, the map doesn't, Maybe one or one little mechanic doesn't really justify maybe the large price that you had to to buy to get the, Mm -hmm. but it is tough. You want them all. (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing to think about it too, is like, if, you know, like certain maps, depending on the game, right. They have different complexities, right. Because of how complex the connections are. But in the end, it's like, the map really doesn't matter. It's all about, think of it like having like circles <laughs> on a piece of paper and then having these connections in between them all. You know, it's like in the end, it doesn't really matter if you put your circles in the shape of Europe or like Germany or the United States. It's all kind of the same thing. Just paste it onto a map of some country. 
Anyway. Yeah, there was, uh, oh man, what was, there was an expansion that they had to the original, um, to the original game. It was called 1910, I think. And I could have sworn, I have it, but I haven't played Ticket to Ride in so many years. I don't, (laughs) it's a little fuzzy for me. I could have sworn that it had like full size cards. Oh, so I hate really? those little. I hate those little cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nineteen ten. Yeah, let me. I was, oh, I was there's a nineteen twelve. Oh, really? We better get the nineteen twelve as well. <laughs> yeah, nineteen ten. Yeah. That's the USA nineteen ten, and there's a nineteen twelve Europe. It looks like. Yeah, it has. 181 large format cards. And it also includes 35 new 1910 destinations, a bonus card, some mystery train things. Oh, so it's just cards that you use the regular map with. Mm -hmm. So it's... Nope, uh, Nope. not doing it. It's, it's little. It's cheap. <laughs> no, it ain't cheap on uh, shelf space. <laughs> oh, it is. It can just go in the original box. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, serious. It's no, but it, I got to You got to keep the box. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, you do. You got to keep the box. I can't. I can't. I've got so like I've got my dice thrown. I've got. Um, I bought miniatures for Dice Throne Adventures, mm-hmm. and they came in two different boxes. Well, the boxes are empty because the miniatures are in the Dice Throne Adventures massive box, but I have to have that box on the shelf, <laughs> those two boxes on the shelf. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I own it. It has to be on display. <laughs> I, I understand. So that every time I walk into my office, because it's the, oh, I'm the me and my kids are the only ones that come in here, we have to know that those miniatures are owned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Good time. Fun stuff. Anyway, you want to? Did you? You want to call it here? Been uh, yeah. over an hour. Yep. Oh, I got gonna, nothing else. Say something. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask if you if you purchased anything new this last two weeks. Um, I did go to a store, but I think that was the day before our last recording. You had so, stuff last time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't think so. Yeah, my money in the past two weeks went into other more expensive things. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day and other stuff. Oh, yeah. So, all right. No, let's, I uh, didn't. I didn't get anything either. So. Yeah. yeah. I got to so, save for uh, the con. <laughs> exactly, and so. and I know we talked about this uh, off podcast a while ago. But uh, you're like, I'm just going there for the experience. No, you're going to buy stuff, dude. 
save some money, you're going to get some stuff because they're going to have it there. You're going to want it. You know, you're going to play a demo and you're like, I really like this. Oh, wait, it's right there on the shelf. <laughs> and it's not going to be in retail for another couple months. It won't be until Christmas. Yeah, you'll get it. And oh, you'll okay. pay full price and you'll like it. <laughs> So bring a really big suitcase. Yes. And then pack just like one outfit in the suitcase <laughs> that I can wear every day at the con and save all the rest of the room for board games to bring back. No, what you do is you bring two suitcases, you put one inside the other, and you put your clothes inside the smaller one. Okay. You have two suitcases on your return. There you go. Yeah. No, but what and, and I'm bringing my daughter, so I really I could bring four suitcases. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, the the thing I was going to mention is that uh, like the first couple of times I got everything uh, that I like really wanted, especially the things that were not in retail. And what I started doing is I'm more selective now. Just because in the end, like if you buy 10 games, you're not necessarily going to be playing all 10 of them. Exactly. Uh, before they hit retail. So I'll, I'll just pick the ones that I really, really, really like, and then I'll get those. And then the stuff that, you know, is a little less on the acquisition disorder scale, that <laughs> one, you know, those games I'll, I'm fine with just, you know getting a mail order from the local stores when they come out in a couple months or even weeks. It's like, like yeah. I alluded to initially when we started talking about this, it used to be that there were a ton of games that premiered at the show that weren't going to be available in retail. Now they seem to be more readily available around the time of the of the show. So I don't know if the publishers are getting better with their release schedules and trying to coordinate them better or, or what, but I think there's a little bit less of that going on nowadays. All right. So that's enough of that. Um, yeah. If any viewers have any, you know, thoughts on what we talked about or anything that, you know, just uh, we'd love to hear from me either go to our website let us know uh, through the voicemail thing on there. Uh, it's on the right-hand side of the screen. You can leave us a voicemail up to 90 seconds in length, and uh, we'll play it on the show. Uh, if you're going to be talking longer than 90 seconds, then just leave a couple, and we'll stitch it together at the show. And then, or uh, when we play it on the show, and then uh, you can also email us at contact at this board game life, or you can do a response on. Uh, the posting on the website for the show. There's there's a whole ton of ways you can uh, get a hold of us, and uh, there's a guild on Board Game Geek as well. And uh, pick one, whatever your favorite is. We, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so let's let's call it a an episode there, episode forty two. That's a good one. A nice long discussion. We didn't talk a whole lot yeah. about games initially. Like, well, we spent a couple episodes talking like 30, 45 minutes just about what, we, what we've been playing. Now we kind of flipped the show where we talked mainly about uh, a couple of two topics. Yeah. Stuff. So 
Good show, good show. Always good stuff to talk about no matter what. Absolutely. All right. So my name is Rob. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you all next time on episode 43. And uh, I am Mark. I'll see you at the table.